What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Donnie Tudal. Welcome to the Iron Money Podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the love of the game. Now, when I say the love of the game, I don't necessarily mean, you know, athletics or, you know, getting on stage or, you know, but what is typically referred to as a game. I am talking about genuine passion and drive and just like damn near childlike love for what you do on a day in day out basis. Now it's 2022. There is not much out there that is not influenced directly by social media. Um, Even just sitting here right now recording this podcast, I am filming it on my phone so I can post it to social media and ties back to that and I am doing that because I want to share myself share my thoughts share my insights with people so they can get to know me better so they will come to me for their coaching needs and that is because in this industry like you don't buy coaching you buy your coach you are buying the ability to work with that coach because at the end of the day a lot of these things are the same done the same it's going to be the person that is delivering that information and taking you you know down the guiding you on that journey the difference now to be totally vulnerable there's been some things that i've been struggling with um a lot of that has had to do with you know work specifically like a little bit of imposter syndrome but more so just kind of a what what is the why what is the bigger picture and this weekend san diego area in vista I'm working out of Iron Mogger's gym. I got a couple of very good reminders of why I do what I do, how I got into it, and why it matters. And just like what I needed to do a better job of working back towards. So, first, a couple weeks ago, I'd say probably a month and a half ago by now, um, I was. I can't remember if I reached out or if they reached out, but I started interacting with this person, a lifter from overseas. And long story short, turns out that she was actually coming out to compete in my, or in the, in the rise of the Valkyrie meet that Rick and I put on out of his gym. Now this girl came all the way from Bulgaria, flew into Las Vegas, drove from Las Vegas to San Diego to compete in our meet. That in itself is just amazing. Like as a meet director, as a ref, as somebody who works their ass off to bring the best, you know, product to lifters as far as like a very clean, well-ran meet that has everything that you need and you know that you're taken care of when you come to these events that we run. It's a big deal to me knowing that someone flew all the way across the world to compete on our platform. That doesn't just happen. That's earned. A lot of work that goes into that. Now, where the impressive work is, though, now this this girl is 22 years old. She used to be a national team swimmer in Bulgaria. And when she got out of that, she knew she needed to compete. And she was very, very drawn towards strength and conditioning or strength training, specifically powerlifting. And 
the body of work that she has put in has been impressive. Now, the reason that she has put in that body of work is to me even more impressive. I've talked to her multiple times about this. I'm trying to really get a, a bead on what her why is and money has not came up a single time. She's not interested in money. She's not interested in becoming famous. She's not interested in anything outside of being the strongest person that she can possibly be. And I'm talking Hunter Henderson strong. I'm talking, you know, Stacy Burr, some of these girls that have been, you know, uh, Karina Davis, some of these girls that are, you know, the strongest totals or squatters, benchers, deadlifters, dots, this in the world ever. And this girl is on track to do that. But her, her why? She's in a country that doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with what she thinks is right. And she has. Um, a lot of countries over there are not, you know, as supportive of women being in strength sports, women being in sports in general, women growing muscle, things like that. Um, and that's what she does at a high level. And her desire to remove herself from that situation and come to a country so she can excel and continue to strive towards becoming the best lifter, the strongest person that she can be and being one of the strongest to ever, you know, compete, man, you can just, you can tell and how she approaches everything, how she speaks, how she handles herself, how she prepares that. There's no question. And she is going to go after that with everything that she has. And that is something that is so rare in the world because so many people are not really willing to buy in to that degree. Um, she's willing to leave her family, leave everything behind in order to go chase this dream. And it's impressive. She was together a total this weekend that put her number six all time in dots in her weight class, number five all time in total, number 25 all weight classes for women in the world ever. And then the number two junior of all time behind CC Ingram, which is a which is a feat at 22 years old. Now this girl, when she flew from Bulgaria to Las Vegas, they lost everything that she owned, <laughs> everything except her belt. So she basically went on the platform with everybody else's stuff, but hers minus like a belt. So imagine like all your stuff being taken from you as you fly across the world. You're you don't have anything. You're not at home. It's a different climate, different people. The language that's being spoken is a second language. You have every reason to say like, all right, like I'm not going to have a good day or I'm going to back out or whatever maybe. But she made that decision and that just like solidified and proved that burning desire that she has to be the best to be the best hands down. And, uh, I think she, I think she laid a very, very, very strong foundation in her American debut. That's the first meet that's going to go on open powerlifting for this girl. 
and it's like a 567 dots. It's impressive as hell while being injured, while being jet lag, while being all these different things. And you know what? In the United States, sadly, you don't see that very often at all anymore. Um, people are so quick to quit. People are so quick to give up on their dreams. People are so quick to go back on the words because it's not convenient, not super easy. For example, you know, we, we had some people drop. I think we had 30 people drop out of our meets. And one of the reasons was, well, I'm not going to set the state record. So I'm just not going to compete after they committed to it. And that person still showed up at the meet. And it was, oh, I'm just not going to compete. And it was shocking to me because when I give my word and I say, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get everything I got. Um, but for whatever reason, people are so quick now just to go back on the word. And it means so little, even when they're like, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do anything that I can. And the first sign position are like struggle. It is back out. So with that being the norm and then this person to come across the world, face every adversity and kick ass with it, man, like talk about, talk about an example being set a standard, a new standard being established. And that is the difference, man, that like she is willing to do what 99 people or 99% of people are not willing to do. And that's allowing her to do what only 1% of people in the world can do. And that's it at even a higher level. So seeing something like that, seeing that no matter what happens, no matter what, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to accomplish my goals. I'm going to give everything I have to that. That is a lost art. That is a lost ability. And I'm really, really thankful to have been able to see that firsthand. Somebody just no matter what, no matter how hard it was, show up and just do their job. Now, on the flip side, opportunity to see something maybe cooler. And that's a big deal. So Rick and Arkady have been very good friends of mine for like probably nine years. Rick and Arkady own Iron Mogger Gym and Vista. That's who we you know run these meets with and things like that. And we have a good friendship outside of that. And they have this little joy named Tyson. This kid is a humongous human being as an eight-year-old. He's like a 140-pound (laughs) eight-year-old. He looks like a a prototypical offensive guard uh, in the NFL. It's just insane. This kid's going to go. And he moves and all this stuff. And he's smart as hell. Way too smart. Actually, I want to headbutt him half the time. But I love this kid with all my heart. But I got to see his first tackle football practice. Now, they were in helmets and they... You know, they, they weren't tackling or didn't have pads on. But being able to see, like, being able to see that first practice. And uh, this dude was so damn excited. And, like, the whole family was just, like, on board. Like, hey, what do you need? Do you need water? Do you need this? Do you need that? This. And, like, just seeing that family unit come together and him be so excited uh, just to go play football. Man. That is something that is is non-existent in the adult world. Like, it was so cool to see like this eight-year-old just like showed more like over going to get his ass ran off. <laughs> and when he got done, he was like, "That was hard. Let's do it again." He was it was great. 
um, just seeing that that joy, that pure like love for something, and it's just gonna grow for him. Like just having been a football player myself, playing from fourth grade until I was like twenty five years old. It's a blessing. It's a privilege, and just seeing the level of joy that he has for it, I know it's gonna grow. Um, it's just it's such an amazing thing. So seeing like something so pure, just like a, such a pure love, um, in two different forms, and like just pure like burning desire to like be the best ever, and just to be the strongest person possible and chase a sport that uh, Victoria loves, or go chase this sport that Tyson loves. You know, they're both younger people, being twenty two and eight. But I was like, man, like, I remember that. I remember that for me as an athlete. I see what she's going through. I'm so proud of that and so happy to be been able to see that first, you know, person and uh, be able to be supportive of that situation. And then just to be able to sit back and chill and watch something as, like, innocent and amazing and uh, just so special with the Tyson situation, <laughs> it – uh it was a really needed thing. It didn't really hit me until like I woke up this morning because a lot of the stuff has just been like, just been a lot. It's been heavy. And then I was like, man, I just got to see two of the coolest things. Like arguably that I'll ever see. Cause you know, Tyson, Tyson, like a little brother. Like I love that kid, like family. And I got to see like that first, that first page, that first page of the book, that first chapter. And then uh, just, Seeing somebody who, who I look to as a as a peer in the sport of powerlifting, and honestly, somebody that I look up to and respect tremendously in Victoria's performance. Um, seeing those two things within like two days of each other, I got to see her compete Sunday with a bunch of my really good friends. Like, like I almost cried like three times seeing some of these people that I haven't seen in like a year. Um, just getting able to give these people hugs, um, having these conversations that have been going on for a year seeing these friends that were competing in, in the Valkyrie meet or in the Valkyrie meet. And then, uh, you know, seeing that world-class performance go down in the next day, you know, going from someone, seeing some one of the best in the world to seeing somebody just starting and knowing that they have, like, every opportunity in front of them. They're so happy. And they don't even know what they're happy about. They don't even know the opportunities that are in front of them but they're going to be happy going in whatever direction and they're excited. Just seeing that was such a refreshing thing for me this morning to wake up to. Just woke up, did a little work on my phone before I even got out of bed and I went and got in the shower and playing a song and just kind of hit me. And it was such a relief and it was such a cool thing just to see like in my world where it's just a constant, just pounding, you know, against the wall it seems like sometimes trying to help people and then you get a reminder of like the work that we're doing and the and the opportunities that it creates for people was was really cool and it was a you know it was a weight lift off my shoulders and it it was just something that i'm you know so happy to be able to see but my challenge to people listening to this though like if you don't have something you feel about feel that way about like Reconsider what you're doing, why you're doing it, because, man, there's so much love out there, the things that are going to bring you so much like joy to your heart. If you don't have something like that in your life, you know, 
search that out a little bit. Talk in therapy about it. Talk with people that you care about about it. Be open and honest with yourself. It doesn't matter what it is, but you should have something in your life that is bringing you that joy, that is bringing you that separation from the real world because the real world fucking sucks sometimes and uh it's hard and it's it's just not uh it's, it's a hard thing to deal with but then you get those opportunities to just see things like that and just remind yourself uh of just how how cool the world really can be and uh it always happens at the right time you know it's always putting your in your life for the right reason and having that opportunity is just so cool as a, as somebody who gets to experience it themselves as they are doing it and somebody who gets to sit back and watch somebody else enjoy that. So I hope that is a, uh, you know, something you guys can take away from. Hope I didn't ramble too much. Hope that made sense, but there's so many different ways to chase something. There's so many different ways to enjoy something. You can be all in and you can be, you know, essentially damn near selling your soul to it. Or it can be the most pure, innocent thing. But that ability to buy into something because of the passion that it brings, that you bring it and it brings you and it's a mutual thing, that's rare. So when you find that, sell out. Sell out because that's the opportunity you got. And, you know, you're going to look back on it in a few years and say, like, hey, did I did I do everything I could or did I not? And uh, I have had situations where I have done everything I could. And I've had situations where I did not. And I can tell you that it's worth it to have sold out for something and uh, to have gotten everything you possibly could out of it because you worked for it versus saying, oh, I might have, I might have not. So hopefully that brings you guys a little bit different insight today. Appreciate you guys tuning into the Iron Money Podcast. Talk to you guys soon.